You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Well, glory be to our God. Hello, dear friends. We want to thank you so much for joining us again tonight. And I tell you, man, that God has truly been good to all of us. In fact, you know, the Bible says it is because of God's mercies why we are not consumed. Great is God's faithfulness. Our God really is an awesome God. So, you know, this would be a very good time for you to call your neighbor, call your friends and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is again on the air and that they should tune in and listen to what God has in store for us tonight. Our scripture portion is coming from Psalms 1 and it begins, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. Uh, glory to our God. So we will be talking tonight about the key to true happiness. The key to true happiness. You see, my friends, this psalm shows the key of true happiness. And you know, the question is, who doesn't want to learn about that secret? Everybody wants to learn about the secret for true happiness because there is extra joy that comes when you are happy. There is an idea abroad that God does not want us to be happy. This, of course, is the devil's lie. Though, unfortunately, even more, some Christians half believe it, but God really wants us to be happy. He wants all of us. He wants his children to be happy. So we see how this psalm opens. My wife read it a minute ago. It began by saying, Blessed is the man, which translated literally reads, Oh, the blessedness of the man. It means that the blessing of God will be upon the good man described in this psalm. And you know, God has promised to bless his children. He has promised to bless us. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, trust you are following along with us. Trust you are writing some of the scriptures that we are going to be giving out tonight down so you can go back and look over them. But in Proverbs 10, 22, hear what the scripture says. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessings 
of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Surely that is enough. Enough wealth, no trouble. If we had time to read Matthew 5, 1 to 12, where God wants us to be happy. And in this psalm, he gives us a picture of the happy man and then tells us why the man is happy. And now we will look at God's picture of the happy man. If we ask, what is the blessed or happy man like? Verse 3 tells us, it says, he is like a tree. And then it follows a sevenfold description of the godly man, or we can say the believer or the Christian. So let's look at the characteristics by the seven keywords. The first one we'll notice is vitality. It says he is like a tree and this denotes life. And the happy man has received a new life. When you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were given a new life. John 3 verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you must be born again. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Then in Ephesians 2, 1, it tells us, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. You know, the Bible said that we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so we were given a divine life. Second Peter 1, verse 4 says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we have been given a way out because we have accepted him as our savior. We have a new life in him. Praise God. Glory to God. So we're just talking about vitality. That is describing the happy man's life. Let's look at number two. What about security? The text says like a tree planted. This suggests a carefully chosen tree, a tree that is cared for and cultivated, not by the man himself, but by the Lord. Because blessed is the man, the Bible says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So he's cared for and cultivated by the Lord. The life of the happy man is secured in Christ. I love that, my friends. I said that the life of the happy man is secured in Christ. The songwriter puts it well. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3, he says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that is a blessing. We go over to John chapter 10 and verse 28. He says, and I give them, watch what he's saying now. Jesus said, and I give them eternal life. 
and they shall never perish, neither shall any man snatch them out of my hands. That's where I know that I am saved eternally. I am saved and I cannot lose that because I did not give myself that salvation. Jesus gave it to me. He gave me something that the world cannot give and that the world cannot take away. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man snatch them out of my hands. Glory be to our God. Amen. And we are still talking about God's picture of the happy man. We have vitality, then we have security, and now we have capacity. Why? Because we are planted by streams of water. What does a tree need most? Moisture. Is there sufficient? Yes, rivers. Because in Christ, the happy man has all that he needs for time and eternity. Amen. So Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So we are heirs, which means we have his inheritance. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are joined heir with Jesus. And Philippians 4.19 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And Colossians 2, 9-10 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So this verses here should make us rejoice knowing that we are happy because of all the benefits we see here that we have in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we were just talking about capacity. Now let's look at fertility. It says in the text, which yields its fruit. The happy man is fruitful. He brings forth the fruit of the spirit. The happy man is fruitful. You know, every believer, every child of God ought to be a fruitful person in one way or another. We will show you that in a second. He brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, it's a well-known verse which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, watch this now, is love. Jesus said that the only way people are going to know that you are his disciples is if you have love. Not if you have money or wealth or riches, but if you have love one to another. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. And love is important because Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 13, and above all this, and now abide the faith, hope, and charity. He says this free, but the greatest of it all is love. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, it is joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, 
is goodness, is faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the Bible says, and against such, there is absolutely no law. There is no law against that. Now, in John chapter 15 and verse 16, John 15 and verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appoint you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And I love that verse of scripture because there are several things in that text. One of them is that he's telling us that we did not make that choice, but he made it for us. He says, but I chose you and I appoint you that you should go and bear fruit. And I told you earlier, every believer ought to be a fruit bearing person. And I gave you a list of all the fruits that we should be bearing and love, joy, peace, and so on and so forth. But I like the latter part, uh, John 15, 16. He says that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. The Bible says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and doors will be open unto you. If you cannot stand in church and testify and show people how God is answering prayer and how God is honoring his word because you believe in his word. He says, whatsoever you ask in the Father's name, he will give it to you. I believe that because it is the word of the Lord. God cannot lie. The word of God will remain true. The grass will wither away. The flowers will fade away. But the word, the word of the Lord will stand forever. Glory be to our God. And now we look at propriety, which means fruit in season. How wonderful this is. This man brings forth the right fruit at the right time. That is patience in suffering, faith in trial, and joy in prosperity. So this is what happened to a person when they have received the new life. All these things come forth. It shows you have patience, you have faith, and you have joy. No matter what you're going through, you can still be happy. Amen. My wife was just talking about propriety. It talks about fruit in season. She was saying how it's a, it's a wonderful thing that this man brings forth the right fruit at the right time. That's the calling of every believer. That's the calling of every child of God. He has patience in sufferings and faith in trials, joy in propriety. And we have to live that kind of life. Glory to God. Let's look at perpetuity. It says in the text, whose leaf does not wither. Wow. Whose leaf does not wither. The new life received by the happy man is what? Eternal life. Is eternal life. And when you have eternal life, that makes you a happy person. Now, John 3 and verse 15 says that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Have eternal life. He should never perish, but you will have eternal life. And his fruit abides. Now, John 15 and verse 16, you did not choose me, and we, we said that earlier, but I chose you and appoint you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, 
that whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And we just quoted that earlier and we are, it's coming back again. Maybe God is trying to show us something or trying to teach us something here tonight or trying to bless us in one way or another. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse, he says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. In 1 John 2, 17, And the world is passing away, and the lost of it. But he, but he who does the will of God, watch this, abides forever. So it's telling me that it is very important for us to do the will of God. Because when we go outside of the will of God, we stray and we drift away and we miss the blessings of God. Okay, so the final characteristic of the happy man is prosperity. Whatever he does, prosper. This is a sum of all the other six. In Genesis 24 verse 1, Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Even though he was old, God blessed him. Even though you're old, the Lord can still bless you. You're never too old or too young for the Lord's blessing to be upon you. And in Romans 8 verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good, those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. He will work it out for our good. All we have to do is to continue to trust him. Amen. So we see number two, the key to the happy man's happiness. The key to the happy man's happiness. There is a secret, my friends. There is a secret. Yes, it is clearly stated first negatively and then positively in verses 1 and 2. And it is a fourfold secret. So the first secret is repentance. And this is implied in verse 1. Just by three words. Look at verse 1 carefully. It says, Blessed is the man who walks, number one, not in the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, nor stands in the path of sinners. Number three, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 talks about all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the happy man has repented of his sins. In fact, the smart man has repented of his sins. You know what repentance is. It's not going just going to church or it's not just going to the altar. No, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of action. When you go before God in faith believing and you confess and ask him to forgive you, then there ought to be a change in your life, in your behavior, in your action. Isaiah 55 and verse 7, let the wicked change their way and banish their very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive you of your sins. So now we look at faith. This is indicated in verse 2. This man is now happy because he has turned from his sin to God. 
to the will, the word, and the way of the Lord. He is now a man of faith, but he is also a man of obedience because his delight is in the law of the Lord. Therefore, he is a man of obedience and faith plus obedience brings true happiness. The song says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So if you want to be happy, that's what you have to do. You have to trust him. And when you trust him, you will have communion with him. Verse 2 tells us that this man is made and kept happy because he meditates day and night in the word of God. This speaks of true fellowship with God, which is the fourth and final secret to happiness. To anyone who is seeking true happiness, here are the steps. Repentance, faith, obedience, and communion. So as we conclude our study tonight from the Psalms 1, we will look at the solemn path and prospect of the unhappy man. If there is a happy man, there must be an unhappy man. Unbelievers are described as the wicked in verses 1, verse 4, verse 5, and, and so on. Sinners in verse 1 and 5, and mockers in verse 1. Notice that the path, the position, and the prospect of the unbeliever is quite different from that of the believer. In verse 4, now we are not condemning you. We are not judging you. It's between you and your God. You know how you stand between you and your God, whether you have trusted in him as Savior and Lord of your life, or whether you are just a religious person, or whether you have really repented from your sins and you are walking in the ways of the Lord. He talks about the unbeliever is like the shaft. No life, no vitality, no fruitfulness, no security, no stability, no value in verse 4. The unbeliever will be condemned in the judgment in verse 5. The unbeliever will be separated from the believer in verse 5. The unbeliever will perish in verse 6. John 3.16 tells us that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So my friends, we trust that you were blessed by this lesson tonight and that you will do something about it. You know your stand with God. We do not know. You know. And if your stand is that you have not trusted Christ, then we would like to challenge you because you know we never bring our program to a close without giving you that opportunity just to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Tonight he's standing at your heart's door. He's knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to change you. He wants to save you. Would you let him? Father, we thank you for your words. We pray that you will speak to hearts tonight and bring men and women to a saving knowledge of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And if you are blessed by today's program, we invite you to reach out to us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Once again, that's newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. So until then, let your heart go on singing. Until then, oh my friends, with joy you must carry on. Bye now.